This is Teddy Maybank and you're listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello and welcome to the podcast of the team currently top of the championship. Mitro's flame is still burning sky high. Fabio is back in the side and back amongst the goals. Cabano's great form continues, as does Harry Wilson's. And all the aforementioned stuck the ball in the back of the net as Fulham hammered Barnsley on Saturday afternoon. We were top of the table on Saturday night and stayed there when Bournemouth lost at Derby on Sunday lunchtime. We go from being hunter to the hunted. Morgs and Stato are here with me to look back over a wonderful weekend of football and ahead to Wednesday's clash with Derby at the Cottage. My name is Matt Boisclair and this is your Fulham Focus Podcast. Well, lads, seven wins in a row. Another big score. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. It was, I was a bit cautious coming into this game because obviously what happened with the first international break with Blackpool, there are parallels there between Blackpool and Barnsley, given they're, they're both teams that are near the bottom. They're games that we should be winning. Obviously, the back where it didn't happen. So, you know, there, there was a bit, there was a small bit of anxiety, but it was really, really good to see that we just came back and we just picked up where we left off after the international break. And yeah, it was full steam ahead. I thought at the beginning we were a bit nervy, but as, as the game progressed, we just grew into it and yeah, got another really good win under the, under our belt. And uh, yeah, from my point of view, I mean, so, uh, first off, apologies if the audio is a bit funny. I'm I'm currently standing on a, a Vauxhall train station, waiting for a train back home. Uh, but you know, it's it was one of those games where you go into it, and because the results last time we uh, went up were so poor, it's like, oh, is there going to be a bit of shock here? And uh, I think you know, a fair play to uh, Barnsley, they gave it a good go, uh, and they tried to sort of stifle us for a while but I mean I think I was, you know, said to you Frenchie sort of like you know during the game we were just too good uh, our individual players are just too good for them uh, and that's not you know not being snobbish or whatever it's just the fact that you know those players on the field were just so good and we just overran them and you know no matter how sort of hard they tried we were always going to sort of, uh, get a few goals and uh, it was just it was a great performance, and I think it's something that we can take into the Derby game, knowing that we've had 24 hours extra uh, rest than them, although they obviously come off the back of a good result. And we will just uh, show, hopefully, that we're there to be sort of uh, you know winning the title. I must say, and Morse, you know this because I, I was with you for most of the day yesterday, but I bought myself a, um, a Mitrovic shirt uh, last weekend. And um, I thought, I want to get this signed and I want to have it up in my office because I'm working from home all the time, as, as are many of us these days. And I thought, should I send it to the club? And I've tried that before and, and I've just lost a shirt. So I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait afterwards with all the kids and get my shirt signed. And whilst I was waiting for Mitro to come out, Fabio Carvalho came out and he was signing all the autographs. And I had this clapper that I picked up off the floor before I left. I thought, I just to see if I can get a few, few things signed on here. I'll probably just give it away or something. And I said to Fabio, here, mate, you want to practice your signature on this because you're going to need it for when you sign that new contract. 
He laughed. And then all of a sudden had this rush of blood. And I went, don't you dare even think about leaving. <laughs> I don't know. What on earth am I doing? I, I'm, I'm not allowed near the players. Keep me away from the players in future because I let myself down. But anyway, he, he laughed and took it in good spirits. But it was good to see him back, wasn't it? Um, but as I said in, in the intro, back amongst the goals. There were a few changes to the side. Um, uh, we expected Kenny Tete was probably going to start, given that Dennis Adoy was suspended. Seri and Bobby Reed were both left on the bench after their long journeys back midweek after the international break. So it gave Tom Kearney a start. And of course, then Fabio came back into the side as well. Stato, it's a strong start in 11, wasn't it? And even with those players that, that we left out, it, it was a fantastic side. Great to see Fabio back. Yeah, definitely. I think yesterday did just go to show the strength and depth that our current squad does have in the Championship. You know, for so long so far the season, Seri's kind of been the main driving force in that mid- midfield for us. But with Tom Kearney coming back now, you can kind of see how, like, if Seri's out, Kearney can fill in that kind of deeper midfield playmaker role quite well. It was funny because the last podcast I did was talk- was just when Tom Kearney was coming back. And I think we all said, oh, there's no way he, get- he gets back into this team. He doesn't get back into this midfield. But I think he's kind of proving us a bit wrong game by game. He's... He's sure he's been out ages with a giant knee injury, but you know he the championship is his level, and you know he can still come through play at this level and make a giant impact. And as for Cavallio, there's all this contract talk going on at the moment. Will he sign it? Will he not? Um, now you've given him a stern talking to. I, I'd like to think <laughs> that's a good sign, but hey, who knows? Um, I think you know the, the important thing to bear in mind is that Marco Silva would not play him. He wouldn't. You know, if it wasn't for the fact that you can clearly see he's still committed at training, he still puts a hundred percent in, regardless of the contract situation. And for me, that's good enough. As long as he's showing it in training that he still wants to play and he still wants to put the performances in. And if that's good enough for Marco Silva, then that's good enough for me, really. Yeah, completely. And also- I'm sorry, Moss. Sorry to cut over you, but I was just going to say uh, to, to Stato's point about Tom Kearney there. We've spoken before about our best midfield three. And I think for me, for me, I know what that is now. And I I strongly believe it's Seri, Harrison, Reid, Fabio Carvalho. I think that is our, that should be our starting three. Um, But when needed, if Seri's knackered or injured or suspended or whatever, then Tom Kearney is a, is a very, very um, adequate if I think adequate does does him a disservice, but a very good replacement, let's say. I mean, when I wrote the sort of uh, preview of the game, I kind of uh, I thought that perhaps there would be a chance that someone like Seri, Reed, Cabano would sort of miss out because, well, not miss out, but sort of find themselves on the bench because of all the travelling they'd done. Um, and obviously, it was just Cabano that started out the three of those. But I think when you sort of uh, saw the impact Seri had when he came off the bench. That's purely a you know need for rest as opposed to tactical because he's just he's just so good and I think Kearney came in and he did a stand up job in the midfield but you know without being slightly harsh he looked almost a bit out of place in that team because he is not quite strong enough and Reed and Seria provided a very strong backbone for that sort of uh, defensive midfield partnership. And I think going forward, you know, you need that. Whereas Kenny is very much more creative, but he's obviously stepped back a little bit over the last, uh, well, 
obviously not in the last year because he's been injured. But prior to that, he was, uh, you know, he's dropping back into that role. And he, he's creative, but sort of deep lying, as it were, uh, in the old football manager terms, he's a deep lying playmaker. But I think, you know, he, he doesn't quite have that sort of, you know, the strength that we need back there. But obviously, if we need him to play, he's brilliant. Uh, he's a brilliant stepper, you know. So to have someone of his quality as a backup is brilliant. But it's at the same time, uh, I think he is just that. Um, he is just a backup. In terms of Cavallo, I mean, I'm, I don't buy into the fact that he shouldn't be playing because he hasn't signed his contract. I think it's all it's all rumours. It's well, even if it is true, he's still clearly keen to sort of you know play a part. He hasn't. We haven't heard that he's not signing because he hates the club. We haven't, you know, all we've heard is that he hasn't signed a contract yet, which given the amount of interest in him, the fact he's changing agents and all that, isn't that surprising. So I think we just need to sort of take it all with a pinch of salt. And if it is true, then we just need to be somewhat understanding. But he clearly adds something to the team, as his performance showed yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, once once again, apologies for the kind of rustic sound of, uh, of Morgan's... Uh... Morgan's mic this evening. We are we're giving you the uh, the sounds of the city of London this evening, as well as uh, his dulcet tones and opinions. So it's all good. Um, one one other thing that um, that I remember from when I was hanging around trying to get my, my shirt signed by Mitro yesterday was one of the kids said something about Real Madrid when um, when Fabio Carvalho was there. And Fabio Carvalho did say no Fulham. So I don't, I don't know what that was all about, but um, I think Fabio Carvalho was sort of saying that no. Stop! Stop talking all this nonsense. I'm at Fulham. Fulham's my club. So um, we'll we'll see when it comes to the contract. But anyway, let, let's get on uh, and talk about the game. Uh, the first decent chance of the game actually fails to the visitors. Marit Rodak tipped over a shot from distance, but Stato, I think we did quite well defensively. I mean, Barnsley haven't scored that many goals this season anyway, but we did well to restrict them to shoot from distance, and and that was a fantastic save from Rodak. As a, as a keeper yourself, you you'll you'll be able to appreciate that, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, back-to-back clean sheets for the last two weeks, by the way, uh, for Moncton FC. Just saying. Having conceded a goal, it, it's lovely. We're, we're top of the league as well. It's, it's unprecedented times for us. Hey, you, you must be loving life at the moment, then. Ah, oh, it's, it's, it's superb stuff. Like, we, we, we are the parallel to Fulham at the moment. We, we won, our last two games, we've won 6-0. Like, two back-to-back 6-0 wins. We, 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 are, we are smashing it. And, who's, um, who's, your, who's your striker that's on fire at the moment? We have a guy called new guy called Matt Hardy, and he scored eight goals in the last two games. He's a he's oh. really he's taller than me. He's like six foot six, skinny, and he's absolutely oh, big shout out oh. to Hardy. So he's like me. He's oh. like me. Hardy up front, yeah. Hardy's on fire. Your defence is terrified. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Um, but the linchpin of this, you know, goals score your games, but, you know, big, tall keepers win your titles. And that is the case for Moncton FC with uh, with me. Um, no, and, um, and of course, uh, Rodak. I think since he's come back into the team, he's making... It's key moments in these games that do keep you in the game. So, as I alluded to earlier, we did start the game a bit shaky. We were a bit rusty coming, coming out of the gates and Barnsley could almost... You know, sense that. So you know, they they got us on the counter a few times at the beginning, and they got that shot away. And you know, it was a very nice, um, comfortable-ish save to make. But it was a, it was a key, important save at a key moment in the game. If we go one nil down, we've seen with Marco Silva, 
we've yet to be in a position where we've, we've come back from that and got the result. So it was a really key, important save to make. And it just goes to show the importance that, he's, that he has in this team at the moment. Yeah, completely agree with you. Our first good chance fell to Michael Hector, of all people. He hit the inside of the post, just inches away from his first Fulham goal. I actually wouldn't be averse to keeping him in the side at the moment. I know Tosin's band's now over and you'd probably expect Tosin to come back into the team now, Morgs. But Michael Hector staked the claim, surely, hasn't he? He has. He really has. And it's, it's, uh, it's admirable, considering how long he's been out and how... I don't want to say how he's treated last year. It's probably a bit dramatic, but you know, even still, he sort of didn't get a chance. And he's come in after however many months of not playing, and really set his stall out. And I think if he were to sort of um, start the next game, I certainly wouldn't be averse to it. I think he sort of definitely earned that uh, that uh, place. He hasn't put a foot wrong, and it's you, you look at someone like that who has had. Uh, so long out, you do wonder when he came in if he was going to be a bit rusty. And you kind of, but then, given the fact that Mawson had played before that, and then he was brought into the team over him, you think that he must be training very well. He's always been keeping fit. Uh, he's had a few games with Jamaica as well, and I think he's just come in and he's done a job that he's uh, surpassed what you probably would have expected of him. And if he'd scored just so, it would have been absolutely brilliant. Uh, obviously, he was very unlucky to just to hit the inside of the post. But, I mean, fair play to the guy. He's, he's done exactly what he did last time he came in, having not played for a few months as well. He he absolutely has. Uh, that's kind of his thing, isn't it? To to just come into a side, having not played for a while, and just step in and and look absolutely seamless. Let's come on to our goals then. So, 24 minutes in, it's Mitro getting his customary goal to open the scoring. That's 21 goals in 18 games for the big man. But let's let's talk a bit about the ball into the box from Kenny Tete. We thought the Tete-Mitro combo was going to be a thing last season in the Premier League, and it, it didn't turn out that way due to a variety of reasons. But the Dutchman's delivery is outstanding, and it's just another route of supply for Mitro to hopefully surpass all the records this season, Stato, isn't it? Yeah, it's funny, actually, because whilst I was watching the game, um, I was actually in the Putney end yesterday. Um, first time I've ever been in that end, I just thought I'd give it a try. Um, nothing special, to be honest. I prefer the hammy end all day. Um, but whilst I was watching the game, I know, particularly in the first half, on our left side, I think the relationship we have with Robinson and Cabano is superb. Like They actually understand each other and there's a great chemistry. They're both rapid and it was absolutely, it was, it was absolutely electric down that side. And then on that right side... I felt probably because Tete had only just come back from injury and it was his first start and you know him and Wilson hadn't played that much of that much game time it wasn't really clicking and it was a, it was a talking point I was going to raise in the pod and then suddenly Tete gets gets across, gets the opportunity to whip it across and it's one of the it was just the inch perfect cross and Mitro's just in the right place at the right time it's just what he does I mean you it's like you mentioned, like last year in the premise, what we wanted to see more of, just getting those balls in the box. Because it's, 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 it's an odds game, let's be honest. The more, the more times you put decent balls into the box, chances are Mitro will get on the end of those and he will finish those. He's a natural finisher. It's what he does. So it was great to see more of that. And it was great to see Tese come back into the team and, you know, to provide that type of delivery that we've been looking, you know, that we know he can do. And at times, whilst he's been away, it's something that we've kind of been missing. Nothing against Adoy, of course. He did a fantastic job, but... You know, Tete down that white flank is just another great asset to have back. 
it's very much the kind of uh, Joe Bryan, Dimitro style of uh, two seasons ago. So perhaps, you know, it would be great to have Bryan sort of playing again and sort of delivering those sort of crosses. But at the same time, you say Robinson and Cabana have a great sort of relationship down that left-hand side. And Robinson's actually sort of come into his own a little bit again uh, after sort of what would be classed a disastrous performance against uh, Coventry. But it's... Um, you know, it's it's uh, great to see sort of Tete coming back in and putting in that cross. I mean, to be fair, Mitro looked like a salmon for that one. You know, it was a brilliant header. And I think when you sort of look at that and go, you know, that's the sort of partnership you want uh, coming down the flank. So hopefully that is, again, the start of another beautiful partnership. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was going to say for the second goal that Mitro turned provider for the second goal. And in terms of an assist... He did, but Fabio Carvalho really made that goal, didn't he? He, he went past two Barnsley players, Morgs, played a 1-2 with Mitro, and then buried the ball in the bottom oh, corner. Um, if he stays fit, I see him starting regularly again now. He's just too good to leave out, isn't he? You, you can't drop him. I mean, there's a reason that there are these teams sniffing around him. And given the fact that you know we're a team pushing for promotion, we have to make sure that the top quality players are playing and he clearly isn't affected by this uh, contract talk or whatever you want to call it and you know you have him playing and he will not win his games on his own but he will certainly be much more effective uh, on the pitch than he is not on the pitch he's not going to detract from our performances because he is that good so I think you know whilst some people may not be happy with the fact that he hasn't committed his future to the club we have to sort of understand that while he's here, we have to make the use of it. Would appear that Morgan is now on the train. Stato, thoughts thoughts on that second goal? Please, man. Um, <laughs> so I completely agree with, with what you said, like in that in the sense that technically, Mitro, yes, he has got an assist for that, but for all intents and purposes, all he needed to do was lay off Cavallo because Cavallo did all the hard work there. He yeah. came in from the wide. He got past those two players. That nice, easy little one-two. A little bit of fortune that kind of ricocheted back into his path. But then from there, you could just see that he, he, did, he, got, he got the touch away and then just got the shot into the bottom corner. It was just it was pure class. And I had, I had a Liverpool friend the other day say, oh, we've been looking for this Fabio Cavallo. How good is he? I was like, mate, like he's he's the real deal, and mm. like Morg said, you can definitely see why these big clubs are after him because he's just he's come back into this team after how many how long out, and just put in a standout performance like that. And yeah, he's a very special talent, very special. Yeah, completely agree. Harry Wilson should have put the game out of sight, but he sliced the ball high and wide when he found himself unmarked at the back post then might have done better with another good chance that was smothered by the Barnsley keeper just before the break. Tom Kearney then hit the bar just after half-time as we continued to knock on the door for a third goal. In the end, we had to wait until 19 minutes before the end. A superb cross from Harry Wilson, and it was buried by that man, Niskan's Cabane Morse. Cracking goal, well-deserved. I think seeing Niskan score, I think whenever he does, it's always a, it's a good moment. I think he's he's earned his place in the team over the last few weeks. I think whenever he scores, there is always a natural happiness to everyone around because he's just such a great character. As much as you know, he's putting in the hard work this year, and whilst he hasn't, he's always been one of those players that kind of 
you know, he hasn't really met any form of potential, I guess, that say in terms of consistent performances. But he has at the same time, uh, you know, always shown that he's one of like the, the, the good members of the squad, as it were. And I think it's just brilliant to see him now actually sort of playing really well, making himself an important member of the first eleven, not just the team. And I think uh, moving forward, as long as he keeps up these performances, he'll be one of our sort of best players of the season because he's essentially one of the first names of the team sheet. Yeah, he, he is. Um, one thing I will just say is for some of the away games this season, I have thought about potentially recording some snippets for the podcast on the train on the way back. And um, I'm definitely going to scrap that idea based on the sound quality of, of this bloody podcast. Sorry, everyone. We're doing our best here. Um, Stato, you haven't been on the podcast for a little while. Um, g- give us your thoughts on Niskins Cabano this season. Yeah, I was just thinking about that, actually. I remember I did a podcast, I think it would have been the first game of the season or like a pre-season one. And one question you asked me was, you know, do you think Cabano will play a key role this year? And my answer was, I think he'll just do the same thing he does in most years with us in the championship in that he'll be a squad player. He'll chip in with a few goals. He'll get a few starts here and there. And, you know, I think that was at the time, that was probably the general consensus of what, he would be this year, particularly when we have players like Cavalero. At the time, we thought Knockout might come back. We have Harry, we had Harry Wilson and Deco Del Ravid and Cavalio. But he's absolutely proved me, and I'm sure a lot of other people wrong. He he's always been a good player. He's always kind of given his his all his all with us, but he's never really been that consistent. And maybe that's because when, you know whoever was in charge at the time never gave him enough starts and gave him a run in the team to let him kind of build up that bit of form and that bit of consistency. But yeah, he was absolutely electric yesterday and he has been for a large part of the season. And like Morgz has said, that left wing spot is his own now. And it's for the other players in the teams. It's for the Cavs, it's for the Bobby Reed to try and you know win that back from him. And at the moment, that's not going to happen anytime soon because... You know, like like I mentioned earlier, that left side was absolutely electric yesterday. Like, if you know, you had him running up players, taking players on, which we haven't seen in you know, we haven't seen in so long with a lot of our taking players actually taking on players and getting balls in the box. You had Robinson with him on the overlap, and then they had such a good connection. I think you know one thing that is worth mentioning is is that relationship because we talk about how it's it's you know essential to have a good centre back pairing or to have a good midfield combination. But that kind of combination of left back, left wing or right back, right wing is also, you know, critically important because they both need to understand, you know, their positioning, how they're going to, you know, function down those channels. And it was just, it was superb yesterday. And, you know, Niskins was a big part of that. And I'm just, you know, I'm I'm delighted that he's got this form and I I just hope he can keep it up for the majority of the season. Still haven't seen a free kick from him yet, though. (laughs) Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't. Been allowed to take one, has he? I think Harry Wilson took one the other week. But um, you, one thing you guys are talking quite a lot about at the moment is the relationships between the players on the pitch and, you know, the, the left back and the left wing and right back and right wing. The relationships just across the team, you know, you've got the, the centre-back partnership. You've got the way that the, the defence and the uh, and the midfield, particularly the defensive midfield, all kind of interlinked together. And then midfield and attack. It's just... Everywhere on that pitch at the moment is just really, really strong. And that and the fact that we're almost, 
I, I used this analogy earlier and I didn't really like it, but we're, we're almost the Man City of the, the championship in the sense that we do have two first teams. You know, if, if a defender gets injured or a defender gets suspended, then we just bring in an, another superb defender at this level, you know, Adarabayo, Soitosin, and then in comes Hector. So, um, and then you think about the midfield, you know, Bobby Reed, Caviero, you know, they're, they're players waiting in the wings. And all right, but Caviero's got his critics, but at this level, he's he's pretty good. And even Anthony Knockart as well at this level, player of the season a couple of times um, in this division. You know, but we've got such a good squad. And the way that they, they seem to be getting on as well, they, they they really they really like each other. There's a good team spirit. So I I, I just think that we are we're, we're going to win this league by by some distance. Now we're now we're top of the league. I, I said a few weeks ago. I think on the on the podcast with Tristan. I think we'll be we'll be top by sorry we'll be top and clear by Christmas, and we're top already. And I, I don't see anybody catching us now. I'm. We will lose. We'll lose a couple of games, but we're what are we? Nine points clear of West Brom in third, and oh, all right, we're only one point ahead of Bournemouth. But we've got the Bournemouth game coming up in a couple of weeks, and I, I think we're just going to pull clear. What do you think, Stato? Yeah, definitely. It, it's easy to get carried away at this point, but naturally, yeah, it is it's so. We're, we're we're blowing teams away by three to four goals at the moment. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like we won four one yesterday. And I wasn't even shocked. It's what I was kind of expecting. But the, the thing is, what I'm seeing with this team is that there is no sign of that complacency showing. We had that warning with Blackpool, with Coventry, that, right, we're good, but let's not get complacent now. And we paid the price for that early days. But now you can see it in the players that, you know, we don't let this slip. We, 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 we come out, we play our game plan, we play to our maximum, and that's the way it's going to be each and every game. If someone's, if, you know, if... Tosin or Seri's not there, then there are other players willing to step up and do a job when needed. And it's a, it's you can just see there's that incredibly strong mentality that Silva has created with us. And you know, I just can't see that slipping anytime soon. I went to uh, went to my mum's earlier. Um, my my mum's husband's a, a Reading fan, and he said, "Well, what happens if Mitrovic gets injured at some point this season, or he gets suspended? What do you do?" And I said, "Well, we'll probably just end up winning two 0 instead of four 0 that's the way I feel. I, <laughs> yeah. know, I know it's 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 it, 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 it's quite an awful attitude, isn't it? But we are that good. Um, yeah. it, it's just it's it's re- you've re- got to be re- careful though. You do. We do have to be so careful though about being too cocky because yeah. you know we could just it just takes two losses in a row to bring us back down to earth. And I think you just we have to just kind of take each week as it sort of comes. Really, I think we are putting in brilliant performances. We are scoring, you know, an average of almost three goals a game at the moment, and it is yeah. brilliant. But, you know, as we all know, this league is an absolute shit fight for the most part. And you just kind of have to sort of keep somewhat level-headed until the point that you are technically promoted, because otherwise you sort of go into it and get sort of, you know, too confident. Uh, I'm sure the players, I mean, it's obviously as fans, we're sort of allowed to get a little bit cocky, but we have also have to be sort of wary of sort of getting to the point where we think we're definitely going up and then be disappointed and sort of like start sort of going, oh, what the hell's going on with, you know, after a couple of defeats over Christmas. Hopefully that won't be the case. 
because you know we've got some winnable games coming up now. But then again, every game that we play is winnable in the, the form that we're in. I feel like we're technically promoted already, mate, to be honest. If you're going to use the word, <laughs> use the word technically. <laughs> in, my, in my mind... Well, I mean, we might as well just end the season now, really, wouldn't we? I, I mean, know. Sort of like, what's the point carrying on? I'm sure, I'm sure in, uh, in, Derby in might my, sort of argue that point. In my mind, we're technically promoted already. But what, in the reality of it, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I watched an interview on the uh, official Fulham website earlier with Fabio Carvalho. And he was almost despondent with the fact that we conceded. And Barnsley got a goal back a short while after our, our third goal through uh, Adeboye, Adeboyeo. Is that how you say his name? Probably. And Corley, Corley Woodrow. Might, yeah, yeah, Victor. Corley Woodrow might be frustrated. He didn't score it himself, though. He was unmarked at an open goal almost and hit the post. He would have loved to score against us again, I'm sure. But it, it, was, a, it was a slight blot, wasn't it, Stato? A small blot, and you can see Rodak's frustration that he didn't keep a clean sheet because you know everyone loves to keep a clean sheet. That, that little goal is just you know it's annoying to keep. It was a bit sloppy how he conceded it, but I think the way we play and the way that we press so high and we just constantly attack, attack, attack. Occasionally, a little a little crack like this will get through. Um, to be fair, for Woodrow, this was an absolute sitter for him to miss, and Barnsley are very lucky that they had a player to get the rebound because that would have been an absolute. I was going to say the worst miss of the game, but we'll come to that later. But yeah, um, <laughs> uh, yeah unfortunately, it was just a small little blemish on otherwise an almost perfect game. It was, it was, and it's the first goal we've conceded in well since the QPR game. What's that? Six six games ago, something like that. So yeah, not not bad. After that, Harrison Reed and Tom Kearney both went off after the Barnsley goal and were replaced by Josh Onema and Jean-Michel Serry. And almost immediately, Serry pinged a diagonal ball across to Harry Wilson. The ball ended up back with Serry and he dinked the pass over the top to Wilson, who scored our fourth morgues. Again, Serry's another one of those players where you kind of think to yourself, what more can you say about this guy? His passing range is unbelievable. And we've seen him do it so many times this season, haven't we? It's 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 funny, isn't it? Because obviously we spoke about, it, but he's just an incredible player at this level, and I'm kind of hoping that he's an incredible player generally. We just haven't seen the best out of him when he's actually played. Uh, and fun fact, fact about that goal was the fact that in the 26 years I've been going to see Fulham play, that is the first Fulham goal I've missed because I've been going to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot. I forgot you disappeared for that one. Yeah, I've, I've yeah, missed loads yeah, yeah. of already, but yeah, I I saw it on the screens. Uh, you know, in the hammy end, I was coming up and they scored. I'm like, fuck's sake! I so I went down after the Barnsley scored their goal, not thinking sort of too much about it, and just came back and they scored. I'm just like, I, I, that's never happened to me before, and it made me it made me sad. Uh, but at the same time, then I saw the goal. I was like, Seri is just. I mean, that pass was just. Uh, it was beautiful, wasn't it? It was, you know, Wilson, you know, he did he did his job. Uh, but it's that's one of those goals that you look at and go, hang on a minute, this, this, we're just pissing this. It's just it's insane. Mm. Uh, and so I think it was a, a great uh, a great chance created by a very very good player who is you know enjoying his football. Obviously, he wasn't starting because of you know he probably had sort of 15 hours of travelling after two sort of games for Cote d'Ivoire and all that. So, unsurprisingly, we'll start. Hopefully, he'll be starting on uh, Wednesday. And just give him a little bit of a rest. 
very impressed with the uh, the French use of a Cote d'Ivoire instead of Ivory Coast. I was just thinking that. Yeah, exactly. How how was that goal for you from the from the Putney end, uh, Stato? I I think. Uh, I... For both the Cabano go and the Wilson go, it was only when I saw the replay on TV that I could actually fully appreciate how good both the goals were. But that's how you go. That pass was just superb. The thing that impressed me the most was that he'd only been on the pitch for a few minutes, so he had. And he came on, and like for a lot of players, it takes them a, like, a little bit to kind of get into the game and to get into the groove of the game. But he came on, and I think in the first like minute, he got he got the ball on the edge of our box, like three players around him. and he was just calm as hell and just passed his way out of danger like it was nothing. And it's like, wow, that is just superb. And then literally two minutes later, he got that ball. And it was just the most... I I, I, I don't know if there'd be a more satisfying assist than that this season. Yeah. Or it's up there. It was just the most inch-perfect outside of the foot past. Wilson just... Oh, it was just superb. And the way that Wilson just touched it down and finished it, it just capped off a really good display and a really good little cameo appearance from Seri as well. And... Like Morg says, I really do hope he does start on Wednesday against Derby. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. I think he probably will as well. Um, I know you want to talk about this one, Stato, because you brought it up already, but how on earth did we not get a fifth at the end? Mitro threw one-on-one and unselfishly squared it to Fabio, and then somehow he's managed to put it wide. I mean, first and foremost, how come Mitro didn't take it on himself? You'd expect a, a striker in his form to, to just go for it. And secondly, bloody hell, Fabio, how have you missed that, mate? Yeah. At first, I thought it wasn't that bad of a miss. Again, from the Putney end, it looked like there was a defender right next to him, so he put big pressure on. But then upon seeing the replay, it was just a very bad miss. But if I want to take a positive from this, it's that Mitrovic, he, he knows that he's chasing that record of 32 goals set by Tony last year. And he knows he could have scored easily take a keeper or, or finish yesterday. But the fact that he was so unselfish and, you know, Scott Cavallo just go to show that how good this team is and how, how much they want to work as a team and how, you know, it's not just about these individual records that we're chasing. It's about this big team collective effort of winning the league. And, you know, it, it was really almost nice to see Mitrovic do that. Obviously, the outcome wasn't what we intended. But, yeah, I thought that was just a really good positive thing to take from that <laughs> Um, otherwise terrible effort. Yeah, but it, Morgs, it just goes to show what a team player Mitro is. He's not only the man who, who finishes off chances, but he is that team player, isn't he? He, he loves Fulham. He wants the best for Fulham, I feel. I, as well as that, I mean, obviously, yes, he loves he loves Fulham. He's, he's said that before. I mean, you, footballers you take, tend to take with a pinch of salt when they say that. But he mm. clearly is, you know, very, very happy there, especially this season. And I think the change obviously made a big difference uh, to his demeanour. I think, but you know, Stato is right. You know, it's sort of that he. It's about how the team are working together. And I think with sort of players when they do sort of like get on and you know they they're trying to help each other out. But I think in that sense, it was more a case of um, you know he was throwing goal. He knows how hard Fabio has been working in training to get fit again. And I think rather than sort of, you know, he could have, I think had we been sort of, you know, 2-1 up or at one all or whatever, he probably would have just banged it in himself. But it was almost like an exhibition game situation by that point. And I think that's why in a way he was like, well, I'm going to tee up the guy who has basically had the fans on his back the last uh, few weeks. 
um, and uh, give him a chance to sort of, you know, seal the deal, really. But obviously, he um, he fucked it up, and he probably won't do that again. But <laughs> it's just like, you know, it's very much a case of, uh, you know, the un the, your traditional striker would very much be sort of selfish and you know, put it in the back of the net in that opportunity, uh, in that situation. Uh, but because, you know, they just, it said, he's just enjoying it. He's not doing it just for himself. Yeah, he's scoring the goals because he's just playing incredibly well. But he's also assisting goals. I mean, he's got, you know, that, I think he's on like six, you know, about six assists now this season, as well as 21 goals. And I think that's, you know, just shows how well-rounded he is at the moment. All right, lads, let's come on to man of the match. Stato? So I'm torn between either Cabano or Fabio Carvalho. I thought they both had excellent games and, you know, were just fantastic going forward in attack. I'm edging towards Carvalho just because he's been out for such a long time and to kind of pick up where things left off before he got injured. And, you know, it felt like he was never gone. And, yeah, he was just terrific yesterday. So I think I'll, I'll give it to Carvalho. Fabio, don't you dare leave Carvalho. Friend of the show, friend of the show. <laughs> I'm going I'm to go Harry Wilson. I thought Harry Wilson was outstanding. Um, he was knocking on the door all game. He was instrumental in our attack, and certainly in the second half and towards the end of the first half as well. And there was a tremendous bit of skill right by the, the byline of the Hammersmith end to keep the ball in play and, and set up an opportunity as well. So I'm going to go Harry Wilson. Morgs? I think, you know, it's, it's unoriginal, but I'm going to go for Mitro. I think he put in another great performance. I think it was it was hard to sort of know how he was going to be able to sort of perform after his you know, hard-fought Serbian uh, games this week. But he was just, again, he was all over the place. He was holding up play well. He was setting up players. He, was, he scored his goal. He, you know, he should have had two assists, not just the one that he got. And I think... He's just he's it's just such a wonderful sight to see uh, how he's playing at the moment, and I think it's having a happy Mitro is one of those wonderful things. Especially, uh, yeah, we keep saying this level, and I think you know Sam Cole wrote about it the other day, sort of like sort of calling him a championship striker. But I mean, he's a wonderful striker to have in the championship, you know, regardless of you know what level he might be considered at, and I think. The you know if he continues to sort of like in this vein, there will there will be blips for sure, but I think in this particular game he just again showed how valuable he is um, to the team and just how good he is as a player. Very nice, mate. Very nice. All right, let's draw a line under the Barnsley win then, and let's come on to Wednesday's match with Derby. Wayne Rudy's side are almost certainly going to be relegated this season, aren't they? they they've had a 21-point deduction and are firmly rooted to the foot of the championship table because of it. It's all very well punishing the club for mismanagement off the pitch stato, isn't it? But ultimately, it's the fans that suffer. Yeah, definitely. It's a really unfortunate set of circumstances. What should have really happened is that they should have just been relegated last year. Give them the point deduction last year and let them get relegated because, you know, as much as I feel sorry for the Derby fans, I feel sorry for Wickham fans almost more because they would have stayed up last year and they'd have a second season in the Championship rather than Derby getting another year in the Championship. But, you know, at what cost of them being almost relegated, almost certainly to be relegated this year? 
it's you know, it's killed the relegation race almost because that's one team certain to get relegated. And yeah, like I said, ultimately it's 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 the fans, you know, who get punished for this. They that you know, they celebrated a big win today against Bournemouth three two. But whoop do you do? They put them on zero points and it's it's just not fair really. Um so yeah, it's a really unfortunate set of circumstances. And it, you know, it also it, it gives us a, almost a full a full sense of security because yes, they are the bottom team in the championship, but they're not really. They they've got twenty one points this year. That would put them sixteenth, uh, I think. Um, yeah, it'd put them sixteenth in the league if they didn't have the points deduction. So, you know, although they're the bottom team, there'll be no pushovers whatsoever. Yeah, it's um, it's a strange situation coming up against Derby, really. Uh, I watched that Bournemouth game today, and they look they look really good. But my concern for them, I mean, I'm not concerned because I'm a Fulham fan, but the the, the fact that they um, that they're in administration and they've got administrators in who are possibly going to be looking to sell off their players in January to to you know pay their pay their creditors. Uh, are they are they going to even? Have a proper team come come the end of end of January. I, I don't know, but but let, let's face up to what we're what we're coming up against on Wednesday. Um, they've won four times this season, including today's magnificent win against Bournemouth, which we were all absolutely delighted about, of course, because it keeps us at the top of the table. Um, but incredibly, they've only lost five games, so that as you say, they're, they're no pushover. They do have nine draws though. Morgs, what do you think we can expect from them on Wednesday? Surely they can't defy the odds and stay up, can they? What I think so. What I think you'll find from them is that they'll treat every game as a cup final, in the most cliche of uh, sayings, because that's what it is. They need to win as many games as possible. They're not just coasting into mid-table obscurity. They're now having to fight to make sure that they can get, you know, to the point where they're not just sort of, uh, you know destined for League One because they have so many points to catch up on. And it's, it is a big shame for them. It's sort of, you know, Barnsley are only just above them. And, uh, you know, they've got, you know, who is it, Reading, I think, were the other team that had points deducted the other day. Yeah. And they just need to sort of, you know, keep fighting. And they will. And they have players for that. And they have some really good players in their team. And I think it's very much up to Rooney to sort of uh, motivate them to know that they and just make them believe that they can actually sort of uh, continue in the vein, you know, that, you know, beating a team like Bournemouth when you're bottom of the league, uh, regardless of the reasons for it, is going to be a massive confidence boost. And I think coming up against us is going to be very hard for them because we are a very good side. But at the same time, they're not going to come into it thinking that, oh, we're definitely going to go, uh, go there and get beat. And I think... You know, the only sort of the main benefit that we have is the fact that they play 24 hours later than us. And so, you know, we've got a little bit more rest time. So, you know, touch wood, it will, um, that little bit of extra rest will give us that sort of uh, advantage that perhaps uh, will sort of, you know, whilst I think we are the better team, it will just be that extra edge that uh, we might have. I've just, I've just done the math and there's 28 games left and they're in zero points. And in the Premier League, you need like, it's all about the magic falsy. In the Championship, it's a lot more varied. But typically, around about 50 points in the Championship will keep you up. 
So they're on zero at the moment. They can get a maximum of 84 points if they were to win every single game between now and then. So from those 84, they need to get 50 points, which is about 1.8 points per game. It's it's not going to happen for them. And the one thing you need to wonder is they can keep putting in these spirited performances and keep chipping away. But the fact of the matter is they're going to be bottom of the league for a long time. They're in administration, which is a pretty depressing time. And that morale is just going to kind of seep away. So I think it's a, you know, to Wayne Rooney's credit, it's a, it's, he's done incredibly well to kind of keep them going so far, you know, so far this season. Well, all right, let's, let's come on to us then. So will there be any changes from the side that face Barnsley? Morgs, does Tosin get back in? Bobby Reid, Seri? I think we'll see Seri back in. I think he'll come in for, unless, you know, there's a reason to replace Reid in terms of injuries. I think he'll come in for Kearney. I think, um, I don't think Bobby Reid will come back in. I think Cavallo's got his place in there now. And I think uh, Tosin, I mean, that's a bit of a toy, uh, coin toss, really, because Hector has done so well. And we already saw in the uh, commentary game that Silva was willing to drop Tosin. So perhaps he doesn't think there's a need to replace him. So, or need to bring him back in. So I think that'd be quite an interesting one. But I think the only one that we'll definitely see is Seri because you just look at what he adds to the team. And I think is far more, you know, it's far more important to have him on the, t- uh, the team sheet than perhaps Kenny is at the moment. And that's not to say that Kenny isn't going to have an impact throughout the season. It's just right now, uh, Seri is more valuable. Stato, this is a hospital pass, but what's what do you think our best front three is at the moment? Oh, I mean, I think it's what started at the weekend, Wilson, Mitro and Cavano. Uh, particularly the fact that Cav is, I think he's still out injured at the moment. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, 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 he still is. Uh, Kino's just disappeared. Knockout hasn't appeared at all this season. And then you have got Decadova Reed, but I think at the moment it's between him and Fab kind of in that number 10 behind the striker role at the moment. So I don't really count him as part of the front three. He's kind of part of that front four of anything. So I think, you know, they won't change at all on Wednesday. They'll all start. Like you said, Seri will come in for Kearney. Maybe we might see Bobby come in for Fabio. I don't think we will personally due to how good Fabio was. I think he'll keep his place. But then other than that, I don't think there'll be you know, many changes at all, if any. Yeah. Okay, mate. All right. Well, let's let's close this off then. Let's come on to a score prediction. So, Stato, I'll come to you first, mate. What do you think? I think you know it won't. Uh, we 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 score. We're scoring like three or four at the moment. Um, I think it's just going to be a two-nil win. I don't think it'll be anything too substantial. Like I said, Derby. They're not scoring a massive amount of goals at the moment, but you know they're not conceding many either. Nine draws. It does kind of paint the picture for you there. But, you know, we do have to have enough attacking quality that we will break them down. And I think it'll be a 2-0 win. I think what's important to acknowledge in a big title winning, potential potentially title winning season like this is, yeah, we're going to win 3 or 4-0. But sometimes grinding out a 1-0 or 2-0 win is equally as important. So I think it'll just be one of those. Yeah, good. That'll do. That'll do. Um, 
The audience listening will be delighted to know that we're just finishing up and Morgan has made it home. So thank God for that. He's back. He's in his living room. Right, can we start, just can we start the show now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might as well start again, mightn't we? Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, that's it, yeah. I'll, on, I'll, re- I'll re-record my bits now. It'll be fine. <laughs> uh, my, what I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's going to be a 2-1. I think Derby are going to come out all guns blazing as much as they can. Uh, I just think we'll have a bit too much quality for them. I think to ask us to try and knock in another four, three, four goals is probably a little bit sort of uh, a big ask, given the. Is it? You know, again, is it? Oh come on! Oh look, I'm just, I'm just trying to be sort of like rational about the whole thing. I don't want to get cocky and say, oh no, fuck it, it's like another five nil. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just, it's, I just want to be sort of like you know level-headed about the whole thing. And then when we score six, I'll come back and say, well, I was wrong. I'm sorry. You know, I didn't mean to be so pessimistic, <laughs> but it's. It is a case where I think, you know, we just have to go at, look at it and go, yeah. So I said, sometimes you just have to grind out results. And I think this might be one of those because obviously Derby are going to be on a high. He'll set them up to um, stifle us probably. But then they have sort of good attacking players as well. But I think we're just going to have too much of them in the end. Yeah. Um I think we would as well. And I, I don't think there's any harm in being a little bit cocky. Every other year, we are in this position where we're we're an all right side. We're either all right or we're very good. And this season, we're very good. Next season, it's going to probably be rather depressing in the Premier League because we're going to lose more often than we win. So whilst we're winning, let's just enjoy it. Come on. I've, I've, Derby... I, I I don't see them offering any threat on um, on Wednesday night. I really don't. And I'm not going to predict the score because I've done that before and um, got my fingers burnt. But I, I do. I, 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 if, if, if we didn't beat them, if we didn't score at least three against Derby, I'd be disappointed. Um, and now we're top of the league as well. We've, we've got to keep this up. I know we've won seven in a row and it sounds stupid to, to say, right, now it starts. But... It does really, because this is the first time we've been top of the league. You know, a few weeks ago when we lost to Coventry, what were we, fifth? And we've now done really well to climb our way to the top of the table. So now now we've we've really got a kick on. So so for me, it's it's got to be a big win on Wednesday. Anyway, let's leave it there for this week. So let's remind the listeners to subscribe to the show if you don't already do so. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you may care to get your podcast from, simply by searching for Fulham Focus. Please also follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at Fulham underscore Focus. And on Instagram, we are at Fulham Focus. Also check out the website, FulhamFocus.com, where we do all sorts of stuff. We'll be back on Friday morning this week with all the fallout from the Derby game. So thanks for listening this time and speak to you soon. Cheers. Fulham.